Hi, I'm Glenda. And I'm Lisa. And we, and we are, are two, two black, black moms and a mic. Between us, we have six kids, four boys and two girls. And we're here to talk to you about everything from diapers to degrees. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. So for this episode, we wanted to talk about stomach cancer. Stomach cancer is a rare form of cancer. And this came up because Glenn and I have a friend who just in the last couple of weeks passed away from stomach cancer after a very short, within two months after he was diagnosed with the disease. So we invited back today our resident medical expert, Dr. Sandra Smith. Dr. Smith is a practicing physician in the Richmond, Virginia area. And uh, she is here today to give us some insights about stomach cancer. Hi, Dr. Sandy. Hello, Lisa. Dr. Sandy, can you tell us a little bit about stomach cancer, how it starts and how rare is it in the U.S.? Yes. So stomach cancer is much more rare than it was 150 years ago. And so the thought is that risk factors for stomach cancer have to do with something in our environment. About 1.5% of cancers diagnosed each year are stomach cancers. So it is one of the rarer types of cancers, but it is particularly aggressive. And usually it's found at a late stage, which makes cure often not possible. The symptoms of stomach cancer are things that people associate with indigestion or heartburn or stomach ulcers. And often people will self-treat for months before they go to see a doctor and often it's already too late. The five-year survival rate for folks with stage two stomach cancer is about 35% and stage three is about 25%, which is much better than 10, 20, 30 years ago because there are lots of new therapeutics available for all types of cancers. But interestingly enough, around the turn of the 19th century, stomach cancer was the leading cause of cancer deaths. And a lot of it has to do with food and food preparation. It seems that Salty foods, smoked foods, foods containing nitrates put people at risk for developing stomach cancer. Also, it's associated with increased alcohol intake and smoking. So that just sort of points to lifestyle changes, healthy eating habits. People who eat more fresh foods and vegetables tend to have lower rates of stomach cancer. You said that the symptoms of stomach cancer could be having digestive issues. How do you know whether to go to the doctor or just go to CVS and get some uh, over-the-counter medication? Well, just like the usually the boxes will tell you, do not treat these symptoms for more than seven days with this medicine without oh, seeing your yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah. So something that goes on for more than a week or two okay. is a point which you should go see a doctor, especially if you've tried an over-the-counter medication and it doesn't help the symptoms. Yeah. Unfortunately, with stomach cancer, the most common type is adenocarcinoma, which is about 95% of stomach cancers. People will have those digestive symptoms and they treat with their over-the-counter Tagamet or Zantac or Pepsid Mm -hmm. or Prilosec. So after a couple of weeks, if it's not improving, you really should see a doctor. And often what will happen, people start to lose weight and that's sort of the signal that there's something worse going on. But often once they start losing weight, it's too late to um, get a cure. Is it more prevalent in men as opposed to women? It is more prevalent in men. About 26,000 new cases per year in the U.S. and about 14,000, 15,000 are in men and about 10, 11,000 in women. You know, is that a lifestyle thing? You know, men drink more, they smoke more, they probably eat more bad food. In general, mm-hmm. not absolutely. They're probably less likely to eat fruits and vegetables. 
Is there a greater risk factors if you're, you know, African American versus white versus Asian? African American men have a higher rate of stomach cancer than others, than mm-hmm. white men. And a lot of that has to do with just other issues involving health and access to health care. Well, our friend who recently passed away was the third person in my lifetime that I learned about that died from uh, stomach cancer. The first one was my aunt and she was in her 60s and it came on quick and then she was gone. And then a few years ago, oh, maybe 10 so years ago, a young lady, I didn't know her personally, but I knew her brother died of stomach cancer. It was all of a sudden it was gone. And so it's kind of, you know, think about it. I haven't thought about it since those deaths until this recent death. But then you start thinking like, you know, you can get tests for breast cancer. You can get tested for colon cancer. Is there not a test for stomach cancer? There's not a screening test for stomach cancer, like breast cancer, Mm -hmm. of course, mammograms, prostate cancer, you do PSA, even lung cancer for heavy smokers, there is a a system of screening for them. Most cancers, there's no screening test for. There's Mm -hmm. many, many types of cancer. And in terms of age, two thirds of people who have uh, stomach cancer are 65 or older and the average age is 68. So it does affect older adults mostly. Mm-hmm. There are some instances where you do see it in younger people. There is a hereditary component. Folks who have first-degree relatives who have stomach cancer are more likely to have it. There are other risk factors besides lifestyle. Would like a colonoscopy pick up like a cancer in the digestive tract, even if it didn't start as colon cancer? The colonoscopy itself wouldn't pick that up because that's looking at the lower digestive tract, which is the colon. But often people, when they go to see the gastroenterologist who does colonoscopies, you know, they'll do a history. And if there's some indication that they should have their stomach looked at, like Mm -hmm. do an upper endoscopy, or if they say, well, you know, I have a lot of indigestion or heartburn, then that doctor may suggest that they have an upper endoscopy. And that's a test that they'd be able to pick up a stomach. Okay. And what is that? Is that a probe that goes down your throat? Yeah, the opposite end from the cold. Oh, yeah. I hate them both. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And um, I prefer the colon. Yeah. At least you're asleep for that. I think I'm not there. No, you're asleep for both of them. Oh, because just when you wake up, your throat is just very. yeah. Irritated because you just had this tube go. It was probed down. Probed down. down. Yeah, well, I've had that too where I had a probe down my throat, but it must have not gone as far. I had some acid reflux that they were checking out, but I wasn't put to sleep for it. It was yeah. awful too. So they may not have, you know, sometimes people don't get put completely under for EGD, the upper endoscopy. So it may have been the case. Yeah. I prefer to be knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Most people. I would have wanted that too. Well, Dr. Sandy, thanks for sharing that information with us. And unfortunately, there's no screening for it. But I guess, you know, we watch what we eat, what we drink, exercise, exercise, avoid smoked foods. Apparently, that's a big one. That's a risk factor. Mm -hmm. Not that everybody needs smoked food, whatever, but there seems to be some association with that. You do see it in some of the third world countries. Uh, there is an increased uh, incidence of get, uh, stomach cancer. It's much lower here in our country, but worldwide, it's actually higher on the list of cancers. It probably has a lot to do with the foods that are eaten and the where they're processed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another reason we need government, right, to you know, regulate our food, watch mm-hmm. our, what is that, FDA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out for you people who work for FDA. <laughs> people don't realize there's a reason for those. Yeah, it's very important. Right. right. Yeah, because some people just want to get rid of all of them. Thanks, FDA. I don't have any more to say about this. It's kind of still a sad moment because yeah. you know, 
his service was just the other day. And um, he was a great guy. Very vibrant. Very vibrant. Didn't have children of his own, but took care of others' children. And um, a great mentor. Great mentor to a lot of kids. And he will be truly missed. Yeah. So, yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Smith. Well, thanks for having me, ladies. I look forward to our next discussion. Absolutely. So do I, Dr. Sandy. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I'm always thinking of all the different things I want to know about. So let's call in Dr. Sandy. That's right. Our resident medical expert. Thanks again. As always, you can check us out at twoblackmomsandamike.com, where we hope that you'll subscribe. In addition, you can hear our podcast at Amazon Audible, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podchaser. If you like what you hear, we hope you'll leave a great review. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Glenda. And this is Lisa. Two black moms and a mic, and we're signing off. 